I'm Shmeet. I'm Riker. And this is Pilot. Charge! <laughs> it's our song! Oh, it's our song! <laughs> that, of course, is Dharma and Greg's song. Of course. Dharma <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, which is uh, streaming now on Hulu, originally aired 1997 to 2002 on ABC. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Let me there confirm that. I, I just read it. Then I got in my head. <laughs> Don't screw this up. Opinions, not facts. <laughs> <laughs> Dharma Finkelstein Montgomery, as of IMDb, 119 episodes, 1997 to 2002. I'm pretty sure she was in all the seasons. Yes. <sighs> all right. Well, I'm glad we went through that. Now you know. <laughs> <laughs> the more you know. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, I was going in the Bill Nye approach, but sure. Oh, good. Let's do that one. I don't remember it. Please, go uh, ahead. Oh, it's the... No, it was the now you know. Now did, you know. Did you know? Blah, 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 blah. Now you know. Right. You know, Bill Nye was some good shit. Yeah, no kidding. I always wanted to make fun of it, and then they would make us watch it in like sixth grade. And be like, whatever, Bill Nye. Wow, I didn't know. That's really interesting. And this is a really fun, fast-paced show that's really memorable and totally made for kids. All right. Let's jump into our review of Dharma and Greg. Dharma and Greg, as Hulu describes it, pilot episode. A culturally mismatched couple find love at first sight. They meet on a subway and decide to wed immediately. That done, it's a matter of dealing with the in-laws. It's not entirely untrue. Most of it's pretty good, I would say. It just the the they kind of put a lot on the conflict with the in-laws, and I would say that's only a. I mean, they are raised completely different. They are different people. They are gonna run into their own, like you know, not meshing well. I would say. Well, I think the only conflict of the episode comes from when they meet the parents. Because it's all introduction, all love you, love you stuff until that point. So if that is a description just of the pilot episode, I think it's pretty good. I think yeah. Hulu's, of the ones we've seen so far, has the, this one's the best, the most accurate description, or the most helpful in informing you of what you're actually about to watch. That's that's a good point. Some yeah. of it's all shenanigans. And you're yeah. just like, oh yeah, I guess that kind of happened. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, Sex in the City? Being the most notable, we have sex like men. <laughs> what does that even mean? Sex like men. Um, all right. Well, our review of the uh, synopsis is, <laughs> you know, pretty good. It do okay. Yeah. Four out of five on a sliding scale. I feel like we should be rating the uh, streaming services on these things. <laughs> oh. Um, Hulu's not one of my favorites. You know this. You love it. I don't love it. It's so much better than HBO Max, though. They need to figure out their interface. I'm so tired of all of their shit. All of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't figure out which one you're hovered on. Like, wh- That's so true. I just want to know. It's so small. And it's not tracking which episode is next. Yeah. So I keep watching the same beginning of the Sex and the City uh, episode, Politically Erect. I'm just like, oh, I've already seen this which one. Which would have ordinarily not had memorized. 
Yeah, no, right? Exactly. It's happened that many times. <laughs> Political erections run amok. But all that to say, yeah, Hulu's really good. Aside from their random bullshit where they just try to have you watch something like, oh, just try this. You ran out of your thing. Try our thing. But you can turn that off. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been... Netflix is just the gold standard. It of is. what a perfect interface is like. They've got the interface, but I feel like they're the, the most lacking in content that I'm interested in right now. I know you say that. I find it extraordinary when you say that. I'm just not pulled by anything that like, they have going on right now. Hulu, the only things I'm ever interested on Hulu are stuff like this. Like stuff from broadcast TV mm-hmm. that w- one off you might want to see now and then. I've, wa- I've started a Hulu or two original. Haven't started Handmaid's Tale yet. Uh, oh, although I have so fond memories of seeing the movie when I was like a teenager. Yeah. Not like it when I was like 13 or so. I was definitely a teenager. Well, I could have <laughs> been 12. I don't know. I have fond memories of watch. Blessed be the fruit. Uh, watching the movie with my parents just so and we didn't know what it was so years later when they made a handmaid's tale uh, as a tv show it was most people you know people were either familiar with the book who then were familiar with the movie but weren't familiar with like just the movie yeah um so if you didn't know the book you didn't know about it so i had seen it so it came out i thought i loved that it was so weird and creepy and dark so that's one that I'm going to make an exception for one of these days. Yeah. But um, there's certainly no Hulu originals that I want to watch. They're really good for if you want to catch something that's on broadcast TV, but yep. of course you're like me and A, don't want to do it on their schedule <laughs> and B, don't have like, I don't have a digital converter. So that way I, you know, or the analog, I yeah. don't have an antenna. You need rabbit ears in the converter. Is that your understanding as well, or am I doing this wrong? (laughs) Uh, No, you need Hulu. Okay. Yeah, but it's like 50 bucks a month for the broadcast TV. Oh, I didn't mean that. That's on YouTube now. YouTube's got that down, I think. Gotcha. Okay. YouTube became the platform that offers that. All that to say, I catch my week-to-week episodes. So anything that drops one episode at a time, that's where I catch up on all of it. Like This Is Us is there. Um, I actually did find one there called Breeders that I think is dropping one episode at a time. Um, Hulu, I watch, what's it called? Um, the Seth MacFarlane Star Trek show. Galaxy Quest. No, that's not it. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Hey Siri, Google Seth MacFarlane Star Trek. We'll sort this out. The Orville. Oh my God. I love the Orville. That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, I've never seen it, obviously. If you are ever interested in getting caught up on old Star Trek, watch just watch The Orville. You'll be all caught up. Okay, good, because I had no intention of watching all of that, especially since a lot of it's real bad, even you know, even though the show as a whole might be good, there's just so much bad. Um Okay, I provided a solution for that. <laughs> we don't need to dog it. No, that's true, that's true. The first two seasons of, I don't know, The Orville is getting pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's getting more, it's finding a better balance in the dramedy department. Sure. And the drama, drama, drama department. <laughs> it's becoming more of a drama with a lot of humor in it than it was kind of stupid slapstick Seth MacFarlane humor. Yeah. In a sci-fi world with occasionally sort of serious stuff. But it was getting, the... The last couple episodes, the last season. So it, the thing about the Orville is, 
it's made to feel like 90s Star Trek. Yeah. So all the Trekkies watch the Orville and we go watch Star Trek and think, yeah, 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 yeah. The new Star Trek were like a lot of people are upset about it, but that's how Trekkies always are. Uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm watching that. I support it. I enjoy it. I like it even. I want more of it. I'm pleased to see Star Trek looking cinema cinematic on a big scale, but the Orville is really what I'm looking for. Yeah. Just more of the old stuff. <laughs> Only it's it's stupid, which makes it age a little bit better. Like it's intentionally campy. I'd give it a shot. Yeah. At least a pilot episode. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I thinking? Hello. <laughs> oh, we got a couple of good ones that we... Hang on. I'm going to add it to the list that we just started discussing. Uh, all right. Let's get into it, shall we? We shall. Genre. Genre. How well did... Oh, can I do this thing real quick? Do do what you want to do. One last thing. There's okay. an old tagline from Darman oh, yeah, Greg, yeah. Uh, which I remember fondly, mm-hmm. uh, which is, she's got her head in the clouds, he's got his feet on the ground. Together, they're a match made in heaven. Also very apt. I think that the Hulu description just kind of fell short of that. That's the only thing. It captures the plot of mm-hmm. the pilot. This one captures the spirit of the show. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Genre. What's your take? And were they successful at establishing it for you? All right. Well, I want to lead with this is the best thing Chuck Lorre has ever done with his entire life. Like, (laughs) Mm, Too bad he peaked so early in his career. (laughs) I mean, you know, if he did a reboot... (gasps) <gasps> then now, it wouldn't be behind him. Shmi, that's a hell of a fine idea. Yeah. I mean, that is a fine idea. They ought to do it. Wow. Hashtag reboot. <laughs> Hashtag reboot, Darm and Greg. Greg. <laughs> uh, yeah, did we mention this on the show or we mentioned this after hours? I think it's it was... hard to say. I feel like I bring it up every time Darma and Greg come up. <laughs> I think it was after the recording and we said, let's do this soon. Yeah. And let's also campaign... To bring back Dharma and Greg. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it needs to happen. Guys, we need Dharma and Greg. I think we did mention it because Je- Jenna Elfman, still cute. I remember still saying Still adorable. That's what we were saying was, why, you know, she is still adorable. Yeah. Let's capitalize on that. Yeah. More Dharma and Greg. I think she'll always be adorable. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. We did say this because I'm pretty sure I said, when she's dead, we're going to look back at her life and say, man, she was adorable to the very end. Yep, I agree. <laughs> Uh, and okay, I was gonna start spinning off it. Dharma and Greg, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's Dharma show, mm-hmm. but Greg Thomas Gibson, <laughs> uh, best known as Greg and Dharma and Greg, also known as that guy from Criminal Minds. <laughs> that guy. Um, they put a lot of time into naming him. Well, he walks around Criminal Minds for like ten years, just kind of frowning. Just kind of not emoting. And then you think, oh, there he is. He looks pretty well preserved. We should get him back together with Dharma. <laughs> I was just thinking, oh, it sounds like the divorce with Dharma is pretty rough. Grumpy face. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't because he's I under I always underestimate how much strength he actually brings to the show. Yeah. We'll get into that when we start talking about characters because sure. I've got a lot to say. Uh so we are on our campaign to bring back Dharma and Greg. This is Chuck Lore's best thing he's ever done. I saw his parking spot once. <laughs> That's almost like seeing the guy. Don't mean to brag. 
you did you take a selfie of you in the parking spot? No, last time I took a picture at the Paramount lot, they threatened to kick me off. So <laughs> really? But fuck it, not worth the risk. I'm here Damn. to make my sixty-five bucks. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Some important stuff, trade secrets. No, it was nonsense. Trade secrets. It was a trailer. It was the wardrobe trailer for oh. Glee. But Britney Spears was there that day, so everybody was on high alert, high alert. Yeah. Hmm. Anywho. Anywho. Genre. genre. <laughs> um, for me, I wrote down it. It's just like rom-com about two very different people who got married. You've got, you know, your very conservative family behind the lawyer and then the hippy-dippy family behind the hippie. <laughs> mm. um, I uh, would like to co-opt rom-com. I didn't include that in my original draft yeah i'll give you credit for that one yep you acknowledge that's all it takes (laughs) (laughs) you wrote your name on the paper (laughs) i don't need credit for it i'm just i'm just acknowledging that i i didn't come up with that to begin oh Oh, okay so uh yeah a rom-com about a culturally mismatched couple (laughs) who fall in love and Sorry, I actually didn't finish this card. I wrote other <laughs> stuff on it. <laughs> I was going to say, you definitely stole that. Matter of dealing with the in- uncom- Yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. That's, I, this is where I wrote the Hulu part. And since I filled out my green genre cue card, I didn't do anything. Rom-com. Okay, let me start over. I got this one. <laughs> Performance anxiety. Yeah, the sweats. Cold ones and the hot ones. Warm. Uh, okay. No pressure. We're not live. <laughs> yeah, but you don't edit most of the stuff out. I do. I edit a lot out. <laughs> I spend hours on it. <laughs> okay, it's a rom-com about a culturally mismatched couple. I mean, it's like, it's all there. Can't make up new words for it. But here's the part that I was really missing was the rom-com part. Because you could say it's a culturally mismatched couple, and it's like, oh, okay, so... Um, she's from Mexico and his family are bigots and it's a really weighty story. And it's like, no, no, no. It's a rom-com. Yeah. It's like, ah, much different. It's a clash of two, you know, opposing two, worlds. two poles are crashing into one another. Two poles. Yeah. Cause they're polar opposites. That's funny. I have that on a card. I know what uh, mine yeah. are. I kind of mixed up too. Here, let me read that one. <laughs> Here, we'll just do this again. We'll just repeat this whole mess. Fuck it, we're doing it live. Later. (laughs) Fuck it, we'll do it live. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Mismatched couple. I think we got it. It's a rom-com. How about that? This is a rom-com. Success. Yeah, that's the genre. Rom-com. I'm making this too complicated. Yeah. I'm, I'm combining the plot. With yeah. the poles mm-hmm. and smushing it all together You're just in one excited. sweaty bag, <laughs> I don't know sweaty butt bag. <laughs> How did we get to the symmetry? <laughs> well, actually, funny thing: the butt no. bag is a reference from a Chuck Lore vanity card. So that's oh. a little bit of really that's a really oh, deep yeah. cut. Real Tell us cut. more about this vanity card because I know I've seen it multiple times, but usually it was on a TV that it's like I, I have no chance of seeing. Oh, that. you I never read one. Out. Uh, not in, not in its entirety. There, you know, you can read the first bit yeah. easily. The second bit is well. And you watch it change over the weeks and realize that was different. Yeah. No, I definitely saw that the shape of the words were different, and right. so then I started trying to stop it. But it's really hard to capture. And Netflix, 
would just try to kick you to the next thing. It's Son like, hey, bitches. I know it's the thing I really like about the interface, but man, when you want to catch those vanity cards, you're like, wait, what did you do? Where yeah. is my girl Arg? Right. <laughs> so uh, Chuck Lore, his we call them vanity cards yeah. in the biz. In the biz, uh, yeah. which is like where you see Paramount Pictures and the and the Paramount, you know, Mountain comes in or Universal and the Earth spins around. Uh, or what's his name? Uh, that little dick. J.J. Um, Abrams and his bad <laughs> robot production right before you're about to be monumentally disappointed. Oh, my God. That's so not true. Alias was amazing. Oh, my God. Let's pick one thing from the very beginning of his career. <laughs> they do well so early on. Regarding Henry was pretty good, too. All right. Well. Well, whatever that is. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> this show's a train wreck already. <laughs> Why not just do this? Should we do it at the end where it's genuine, generally placed? Do what? The vanity card. Yeah, sure. You know what? Yep. This is a teaser for the vanity card, Boom. which you will get at the end. Now you're talking. This train is back on track. Yeah. You're welcome, oh. guys. Nelly. Nelly Potato. Okay. What happens when I have to drive? <laughs> um. Genre successfully established? Yes, success. Yes, they very successfully established that this is a romantic comedy. Green card, done. Boom. Characters. Yellow card. (laughs) (laughs) Engage. (laughs) Engage. Um, Yes, we have a lot of them, and I feel like they really do a a good job in the few, because it's not a very long show. It's 23 minutes or less. Um, and they very effectively introduce us to who we're getting completely. Like, I feel like I really have a feel for who Abby and Larry are, which are Dharma's parents. They're just, you know, she calls them by their first names. Like, isn't that all you need to know? Very new age. Very hippy dippy. (laughs) You got that in the first 30 seconds. She's calling them by their first names. They're very, I mean, you just get a feel for that family. And then immediately we get... In the same subway and encounter while, you know, Dharma's young, Greg's young, um, you get Kitty and Edward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kitty's being ridiculous. And she's like, don't touch anything. Everything's dirty. Which I feel like is something my mom would say. It's just like, nope, don't touch it. Nope, <laughs> just this place is nasty. But she would think that of any place. This lady's feeling that way because it's the train. Ew. He goes, this is cool. or This is fun or whatever. And she says, it is not cool. It is public transportation. <laughs> exactly yeah she's too good for it uh yeah i didn't remember i re- actually remembered this pilot pretty well and it's been a long time since i've seen it but there's certain yeah. one-liners that i remembered or at least could paraphrase um i had no memory that the characters had met when they were kids yeah that was yeah, sweet they met I in the subway that. uh and there's a couple fun lines that like oh, okay you got the one about this is filthy. Don't touch anything. Yep. And dad says, uh, don't stare at strangers. They'll want money. <laughs> yep. Um, and when they are, the Abby and Larry yep. are uh, teaching, they're going through a lesson with Dharma. Mm-hmm. Nice Dharma. And what are the water signs? Oh, that was crazy. Pisces. Or, yeah, what are, I, I don't know what they are. Um, <laughs> no, really? Yeah, Pisces. And there Pisces is, is one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What's an Aries? That sounds like an air sign. I, I don't it's know. just because it has air in it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I either. I don't know these things. I know that I'm a Taurus, which is an earth sign. That's all I know because I care about my thing. 
I don't know what everyone else's thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. They're fun. Yeah, I don't take them seriously or take that much of an interest in them. But, you know, when they come up, I'm always engaged with it. Yeah. Exactly. I like the idea. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not opposed to it that anecdotally over thousands of years that, you know, Eastern medicine or whatever it is, whatever it would, from wherever it's dawned, might have found some anecdotal evidence to say, yeah, there seems to be a connection here. I have to say, the thing I really like about it, it's almost like a football thing where it's something people connect over it. And it's I, what I really like about it is that they have some pretty generic traits and it makes people actually try to understand why you are a certain way, which they wouldn't have had apparently any motivation to do otherwise. But they're like, <laughs> you know, like, you know... If, if your trait is this, like, oh, you're a Taurus, you're really stubborn. But it'll, you know, you, you just need to come around and, you know, they just try you to know, understand where you're coming make from more. Other ways. Yeah, they try, to, <laughs> they, tie, they try to tie it back into your sign and be like, oh, no, I get that. Okay. Rather, you know, they excuse some of your weird behaviors. Uh, yeah, that's nice. I, I found, I'm a Libra. Okay. A Libro. Is that a fire sign? I don't know. Haha, you wouldn't. Know? <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it fire or sun? Yeah, I don't know. I I need to shut it's, up. <laughs> it, it is the scale. The scale, okay. Yeah, everything in balance. That's why I'm such a natural diplomat. I um, can see that, yeah. Thank you. And See, uh, it does explain you so well. Well, there's certain things that you look at and you go, and you connect about, mm-hmm. I mean, you connect with. That yeah, you look absolutely. at and you go, oh, that's interesting, that's interesting. And then they get into, uh, that's, you're indecisive. You're a Libra. You're a Libro. So you're... You're indecisive. And I think that's weird because it didn't take me long to read this and decide that I think this is bullshit. (laughs) My mom told me I was indecisive once and I got mad at her. She was like, oh, you're so indecisive. I was like, can I take a minute to think about it? It's kind of a giant decision. I have a month to decide. Sorry, I've gone back and forth a little bit. So I don't think I'm known for being indecisive. And I was telling a friend of mine about this and she said, oh, you don't know your moon sign. She said, if you knew your moon sign, it would really bring the whole thing together. <laughs> and I read that moon sign. I thought, yeah. That really does. You're right. It did. <laughs> and then there's all these other layers of signs. To, anyway, we're getting too Dharma here. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a nod to the show and the fact that they should reboot it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Kitty. Kitty, yes. what's their Montgomery. last name? Montgomery. Montgomery. Uh, most recently in the Netflix show. Mm-hmm. The Kaminsky Method. Susan Sullivan, who I've most recently seen in Netflix's The Kaminsky Method. Um, very well preserved. Also, really beautiful lady there. She's uh, she's the old. She's kind of she's kind of villainous in this show. So I I think I I underestimate how pretty she is. Yeah. Uh, and she's I don't know. I saw her that that long ago in a new show, and I just think she looks great. And I think. Um, She's still, you know, active in her career and would probably like to reprise her role as Kitty Montgomery in a revival of Dharma and Greg. That's a good point. Hashtag revive Dharma and Greg. Reboot. Reboot. Man, I'm already mixing our marketing. Hashtag Dharma and Greg. Hashtag Just Garmin make Greg. sure you start hashtagging that beezy. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenna Elfman. That way she knows to prep herself for this thing. Yes. You should probably call her and let her know. If you have a personal connection, you should probably call her and let her know. We should have her on the show next week. <laughs> 100%. I'll shoot her a text. Yeah, you do that. Uh, okay, so uh, they're on the subway, and they're going over the signs. And the dad says, a cop walks by and she goes, look, daddy, a policeman. And he says, and what do we say to policemen? And she says, I have a Fourth Amendment right 
to um, whatever it was uh, to protect me from unreasonable search and seizures. That's right. So you got the two poles right as soon as you meet him. He's in a suit and he's little, you know, like, um, I don't know. He's like prep school kid. Like he's uh, preppy. yeah. 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 He's a preppy kid. It's really funny to me that you were trying to illustrate that by buttoning your top button, which just serves to make you uncomfortable and doesn't illustrate anything to anyone but me. Oh, you got it. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> I was searching with with um, nonverbal cues. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, this is uncomfortable. I don't... <laughs> you winked and made choking mo- motions. I don't think that's what you meant to do. Help me. <laughs> Well, now it's a verbal cue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just spell it out for Some me. Some good thing. I didn't too. know what you were doing. Uh, all right. So um, he's coming from one world. She's coming from another. I had no memory that they met on the subway. I actually thought that was kind of cool. And then she waves at him. They yeah. look at each other. They gaze at each other through the window. Kitty Montgomery, Gregory's mother, says, Gregory, what did your father just tell you? Don't stare at strangers. They'll want money. Uh, and it's just like love at first sight. <laughs> yeah. Until. Until. Many, many moons later. Many moons later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they meet at a subway. Another subway, yep. Um, <laughs> they weren't literally at a subway. They were at the same subway. And they see each other again through the window. And he goes for this time. Tries to get off the subway. <laughs> door shuts in his face. And he has, sits down, all beleaguered. And the lady next to him says, schmuck. That was fun. She smirked really early on, too. So I was hoping she would say something. (laughs) (laughs) She got a line. Yeah. So they see each other again. Well, he heads back to his office. Yep. We meet Pete. We meet Pete. Who's his best buddy in the show. Not necessarily right here. Right now, they're just work colleagues. But at least becomes, yeah. Yeah. Um, he fulfills an archetypal role, he right? He does, yeah. He's the buddy. The bro. Yeah, he's the bro. She's got her girlfriend, Jane, who we'll meet later. But Crazy Jane. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Jane, I looked up her last time. I didn't remember this. Jane Doe, D-E-A-U-X. <laughs> they would. They would. <laughs> Good for them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he opens his office door, and Dharma's sitting on his desk and is just like, what took you so long? Yeah. Oh my god, it was the sweetest moment. Like, I'm sorry. It was, I forgot that that's how they found each other again, and it was so sweet and so wonderful. It was It was pretty big. Because, yeah. I mean, you know they're going to find each other. You see him miss the opportunity. Absolutely. And, he, you know, he was a kid, right? Like, what are the chances that this is going to happen again? They never make the connection that they had met as kids. That's mm-hmm. just for us to know. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, so it's kind of faded, right? Like like she's always saying, well, obviously we already know each other in the spiritual sense, but in the physical sense, we've got some catching up to do. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's why they showed it, to, you know, showed us them as kids and did not make that connection for them because she already knew it was a spiritual connection and he has to be shown this kind of in a way. Totally. And for us as an audience to like go along with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I guess they're, these guys are fated to be together. Oh, I, yeah, I bought it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, obviously they belong together. Tell me more. And how did she find him? Oh, did she, oh, did he have like an ad in the paper? I missed it. Oh, he was, no, he's an attorney for the, the district attorney office or the, oh, yeah, yeah. like he's a 
kind of a on his way to being a high profile guy. Yeah. In San Francisco, where the show takes place, and uh, he is in the newspaper with some you know criminal that he's on on the case. She said, "Yeah, you're right here in the newspaper uh, with the guy with the jacket over his head." <laughs> so he's you know litigating some case. He's in the newspaper, so he's an up and comer. I mean, he's kind of a he's kind of a big deal in the San Francisco law community. Yeah. And just from that, she knows who he is. She knows his name. She knows where he works, and shows up at his office, and just crashes his office waiting for him, and then just takes him out of work. Says, "Okay, time to go," and he plays hooky. Yeah, it's pretty great. And our date takes us to a baseball game. Yep. The Giants are playing. <laughs> she went for the organ music. <laughs> he says, do you like organ music? And then they're at the game. Uh, and she says, he says something to her like, I didn't see you as somebody who'd like baseball. She goes, well, I really come for the organ music. And I love to be able to scream. Yeah. She says, baseball's awesome because you could just scream nonsense and you could scream whatever you want. Nobody cares. And she stands up and says, come on, big guy, drive your coffee table to Idaho. Yeah, it was great. And Idaho is always referenced in the fucking weirdest ways in TV. Like, uh, sorry, so continue. It's so arbitrary. <laughs> no, I was going to go on to say that Idaho people, such as ourselves, always uh, take note of the type of reference. Like, the way the world sees us. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. We're just othered in a very non-specific way. It's not even that like they're like, oh, you're cow fuckers, or you're potato farmers. It's just like, and you're- then this random thing in Idaho. It's like, really? What? You don't know how to stereotype mm-hmm. us, but you'd like to other us so that you're being yeah. lazy about it? And also, Idaho's a place, and we're aware of that. Yeah, right? Have you ever met somebody before and said, hey, I'm from Idaho when you're elsewhere? And they go, huh, never met anybody from Idaho before. Yes. So many times. So many times. Well, there's not that many of us. Well, and we like to stay in Idaho because it turns out it's better than the other places. It's so true. <laughs> it is. It's so true. Like you, you, you grow up in Idaho. You're, you spend like your adolescent years thinking, can't wait to get older and leave Idaho. And leave then you start leaving place. Idaho and you go, fuck, that's, <laughs> this is a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, it's not that I love Boise. It's just that I hate literally everywhere else so much more. <laughs> no kidding. Then you finally just say, no, I don't really leave anymore. <laughs> well, the camping's good. It's so close to so many outdoor places. It's just, I don't know. I enjoy it. We have the best Walmarts. <laughs> no, we don't. Have you ever I gone to a it. Walmart in California? They are garbage. <laughs> they have tequila at them. They're not garbage. They have tequila at Toys R Us. <laughs> is Toys R Us still a thing? No, but I've been oh. using that joke for a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's dated. Gotta update my act. <laughs> Hit the blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why they didn't sell tequila at Blockbuster. Because <laughs> uh, I think movie night was usually a family affair. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to my house. <laughs> Uh, all right, so then they go on an epic date. Yeah. Uh, they finish. Uh, they don't even finish the game. The game's still going. The Giants are winning. She says, who? Uh, and, <laughs> and she says, do you like blueberry pie? I do like blueberry pie, which I'm sure he doesn't. He just wants to keep hanging out with Dharma. Yeah. Um, and she uh, takes him to Reno. For they, pies. Yeah, they get on a plane and go to Reno. He goes, you know, there's blueberry pie in San Francisco, too. Not this blueberry pie. Very true. Mm-hmm. Go to Reno. 
over pie. She's asking Greg, well, what do we, oh, he asks, what do we do now? She goes, well, what do you usually do next? And he says, basically says, I usually get really neurotic and blow it. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, well, let's not do that. Yeah. Which, I don't know. There's just something about the way she delivered that line. Like, she was just, she was committed. Yeah, absolutely. And it was like a heart warmer. It's like, yeah, let's not do that. Yeah. Like, is he going to, is he going to get the girl? Yeah. <laughs> and he does, because they get married. Yep. Immediately next thing. minutes later. Yep. I've got Subway, <laughs> ball game, arena for pies. They get married. This is a hell of a first date. I'm just saying it's a lot to live up to for any other guy out there who's looking to woo a woman. <laughs> <laughs> and then they consummate the marriage. They do. Yep. Yeah. Glad they waited. Yep. That, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Saved themselves from each other until marriage. Marriage. <laughs> and then, boom, mom calls. Kitty Montgomery on the phone in Greg's pants. This is a line that I mostly remembered. Uh, she answers the phone. Greg's pants. Uh, oh, Greg's mom? Yeah, cool. No, we could be there at lunch at 1 o'clock. Oh, actually, better make it 2. We're in Nevada. Yeah. Uh, so they go back. We meet. We find uh, Dharma's world, much like you'd kind of imagine it. Yeah. Um. It seems like Phoebe Buffet's, you're not a friends person, obviously, but it, it feels like what Phoebe's apartment would look like if she was a little yeah. less uh, damaged in right. her upbringing. Wacky. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're both wacky. It's just, you know. No, no. It's kind of a wacky world that you go oh, to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, she takes in this elevator that doesn't go all the way. Kind of a Chuck Lore thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good mm. point. Ooh, good callback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Big Bang Theory, elevator never works. Spoilers, uh, close your ears if you don't want to hear them, but in the finale of Big Bang Theory, they fix it. Damn, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. Kind of ruined I ruined it, yeah. No, just kidding, I knew that. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if you know nothing else, you, you've got to know that they fix it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah, that was a long time coming. Yeah. That was really basically a seed planted in 1997. <laughs> yeah. Blooming 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, so she takes her weird elevator. It's like a, it's like a freight elevator. Too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It but looks like she has to crank it herself or pull. You know, I didn't actually see how she operates it at all. It's wood. It's like a wood cut. Like it's not an elevator door that opens. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's like accordions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and she. We meet her friend Jane De, <laughs> who's like a punk chick beating up her ex-boyfriend's motorcycle with a bat she's like a crazy biker chick yeah she's just psycho <laughs> right she's some kind of woman and uh we meet her she's gonna be wild this is where she says to greg oh my god i'm like i'm so excited shut up shut up no you shut up stop it like you're getting married you just got married and then she gives greg a hug and says if you cause my friend any emotional damage whatsoever i'm gonna hurt you in ways that you could never imagine <laughs> scares the shit out of greg Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet Dharma's dogs. Mm-hmm. What's the first one's name? Stinky. Stinky. Yeah, that was my nickname for my dad growing up. Oh, hey, Stinky. And that morphed into Fred over time. <laughs> yeah. Stinky and uh, Stinky's dog, Nunzio. Yes. The Stinky got his own dog on his bar mitzvah. <laughs> it was so cute <laughs> and ridiculous. It was so ridiculous. And you start to see Greg panic a little bit. As he realizes how out of place he is in her world. 
and how out of place she's about to be in his world when we meet her parents, uh, his parents, but not before meeting her parents. Yeah, her mom darts across the room naked. (laughs) Abby. Abby. goes, oh, that's just Abby out there. She always paints in the nude. goes, who's that? Is that your roommate? No, that's my mom, silly. Yeah, that was really weird. (laughs) And she's painting Adam and Eve, and Larry's standing in as Adam, so he's naked also. That'd be so weird in your bedroom to have a painting of Adam and Eve, and Adam is modeled after your father, like... I don't know about you. I don't want that in the room that I'm... It'd be weird for most ...consummating people. a relationship in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Larry Finkelstein. Yes. Uh, because Larry was Jewish, but he wished he was the Dalai Lama. That's how Dharma <laughs> got her name. Dharma Finkelstein. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a weird guy. Yeah. So that's tremendous fun. Uh, he is pretty new age. So... Mom says, let's not tell Larry that you got married. Let's just tell him that you guys are sleeping together. Yeah. So let's get out of here. Larry, these guys probably want to have sex. And we meet his parents, Susan Sullivan and Mitchell Ryan, Kitty and Edward. Mitchell Ryan, who's Riker's dad in Star Trek Season 2 episode, the one where we meet Riker's dad. Yeah, that's absolutely where I recognized him from. Quit winking. (laughs) (laughs) Your dad looks nothing like that. (laughs) (laughs) Who had a bit of a flirtationship with Dr. Pulaski, which is foul, if you ask me. I totally know who those people are. (laughs) Well, a couple million of our listeners certainly do. Yep, maybe. All right, then let's talk about the scene with Greg's parents and how poorly this interaction goes. Yeah, take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dharma feels judged immediately. Yeah. Uh, They say, okay, you're right, Greg. We don't know anything about her. Uh, Tell us about yourself, Dharma. And she says, well, I um, am a dog trainer in the daytime and I teach a little bit of yoga at night. And mom says, okay, I've certainly heard enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And... Then Dharma puts the uh, magnifying glass on Kitty and Edward re- Edward's relationship. Yeah. <laughs> asking, when's the last time you guys have had sex? Uh, have you considered doing it like in a big field where you get caught, like throw some spice back in your life? Um, so this is obviously a dramatic disaster. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Leading to their first fight on the way home. She says, well, why don't you just be honest with you? E- with me or like with each other about your feelings and he says i feel like you're being a child how's that for honesty she's naturally appalled oh naturally naturally that's rude (laughs) um because he wants you to at least play the game with his parents a little bit they're stuffy okay i'll deal with your parents walking around the house naked yeah well and she says well you married me for who i am and now you want to change me into a totally different person he's like yeah a little bit (laughs) Yeah, no. that was rough. That was rough because there's a, a a line earlier when he first meets her parents. And it was the line where uh, she says, oh, she says, let me just change before going to his parents' house. Like, let me just change real quick. He goes, you couldn't change fast enough. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that actually kind of stings. Yeah, a little bit. Especially because she's wonderful. Although crazy. She is. Like, but, I mean, you tough. totally get having parents who just would not accept that sort of thing. And yeah. it's just like, it's not you. I'm not even ashamed about you. It's just, 
It's going to be a very uncomfortable evening, and I don't want to deal with that. Can't we just stay in? Oil and water. This is going to be a tough thing to blend. Fair point. Uh, And I actually thought that I actually loved this scene where um, they're going back and forth. She says, you're sleeping on a couch tonight, buddy. Which I love how committed they are to their, like, real marriage. Yeah, absolutely. feels fake. (laughs) Um, You're sleeping on the couch tonight, buddy. And he says, I'm sleeping at home. And uh, she says, don't call me. And he says, you don't have a phone. I loved that. Yeah, I loved the chemistry and the interaction there. And actually how good they are together. Absolutely. Like the actors, mm-hmm. I forgot how much, how well they sell it. They really do, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good. All right. So next we have what? Uh, well, um he, they're realizing that this probably won't work. His mom's asking him if uh, she signed a prenup. Mom, I'm actually in love. Okay, I'm sorry, honey. Would she consider signing a prenup? Uh, her parents are appalled that she made uh, choices such as this. Yeah, Larry says, you married a fed? And then he turns to Abby, this is your fault. And he goes, let her get an easy bake oven, you said. What harm will it do? <laughs> it was really good. And he said, we just wanted better things for you than to get married and like have a life in a nice house and kids that you take around in a minivan. Like, <laughs> yeah. Traditional, like objectively nice things. How could we wish this for our daughter? Yeah. I remember an episode many uh, seasons later where he says something like, ugh, you're probably going to get a social security number at this rate. She says, actually, I already got one. Yeah. And he's just appalled by it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually, there's the scene in the car. Uh, don't call me. You don't have a phone. As Jane Doe's head slowly drifts uh. into the screen through the window behind him. And then he turns and looks at her and jumps. Yeah. And it's just, it was a really nice just sort of, Rule of three is just bang, bang, bang. Like funny, funny punchline. Yeah. Um, I was, I don't know. It was just a nice moment. As soon as we, as soon as these guys meet in his office and run off, I think, I can't remember where the uh, intro was, but yeah, I had said to you, and I think it's noteworthy, you know, for the, for our show, for our purposes that it was, it was nice to be in this world. I used to watch the show a lot with my mom in reruns. Yeah. Uh, it might have caught up at some point where we were watching it live, but it had been on for a couple of years. You always knew about it. You knew about the, you know, the next time on Dharma and Greg, like you'd see the ad, the TV spots for it. But when we really got engrossed in it, we watched it all the time. And, uh, and I forgot how easy this show is to love it and is. how easy it is to get caught up in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the credits happen right after she finds him and says, what took you so long? Oh, he says to her, what took you so long? And she looks at him and says, shut up, which yeah. is an ongoing gag. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So after there, we're probably not going to make it. He just goes back to the apartment, you know, where he lives now because they're married. Yeah, it's so weird. Mm-hmm. And you see that it's, you know, they're, they are married. They are committed to each other. They're really in love. And these uh, factors that are going to try to stay in their way are just obstacles. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. Did we give characters a clear pass or fail? Uh, yeah, I'd say you knew you got everybody right off the bat. You got, you know, the families, Dharma and Greg, mm-hmm. their parents, uh, and their best friends. Absolutely. 
or those that will fill the best friend roles. Yes. Jane and Pete. You don't get much of Pete other than he's a... Well, you don't really get that much of Jane either. Um, but you, Because you spend so much time establishing the relationship of Dharma and Greg. Yeah. Um, Pete, every time he shows up, he's funny. Every time Jane shows up, she's funny. Well, she's a little bit crazy, and they really show that. And I think he just has really bad advice on women and, he, you know, kind of puts out the... Just don't listen to this guy and you'll probably do fine. Right. Vibe. Well, he has bad judgment related to women oh, too, yeah. right? Like his advice comes from his life experience, which is wrought with bad judgment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the last time I thought I was going to get married, I was chained up to my truck uh, about to get eaten or whatever it was. They're always outrageous outlandish stories. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Oh yeah, his kidney or something was going to be. <laughs> right, harvested. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so in Joel, I haven't seen Shade Lynn, which is Jade, Jane Doe's character. Yeah. Joel Murray, we discussed him last week on Shameless. Mm-hmm. Is that what we did last? We did, yep. Uh, we discussed him last week on Shameless. Or sorry, no, no the we, week before. We did Sex in the City. No, we did Shameless. No, I'm sorry. We did Sex we did, in the City. Mm-hmm. Shameless and Sex in the City. You serious? Yeah, for realsies. Oh, okay. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. It's like the future that hasn't happened yet. I know. Yeah, but that's it's in what the past. happens when there's a backlog, huh? <laughs> yeah, weird. <laughs> so he was in Shameless, which is when we were talking about Dharma Greg, I think what put it at the top of our mind. Yeah. Who I saw later in life from Scrooge in 1988. And then he's been in Mad Men and in Shameless. So yeah. he's got he's got like one of those recognizable faces in his own right. You know, not necessarily a household name, but a household head. You know, <laughs> yeah, recognize that head anywhere. <laughs> so he's worked a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But of course, I knew him from this. Of course you did. Yeah. You did too, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I had actually forgotten that he was in Mad Men. Um, that was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it was good. But yeah, characters, I say pass. Yeah. They have clear places in the story. Uh, I like everybody. I'd like to see more of everybody. I agree completely. Ah. Sweet. Two out of four. Ooh, wow. Could anybody's game at this point? Could, anybody's yeah. game. Anybody's Could game. all fall apart now <laughs> as we review the plot. <laughs> What's the plot of the show moving forward? Of this romantic comedy by genre moving forward? Um, I put Dharma and Greg will continue to present Polar Opposite on Marital Hurdles. Yeah. And their families will be <laughs> representing the polar extremes. <laughs> uh, mismatched couple, defying the odds, who really do love each other and really are committed to their marriage, which will produce comedy gold as their two poles collide. Which is a reference to being polar opposites. <laughs> I'm aware it sounds like a that's what she said joke. Two Should poles I say collide it? now. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> All right, well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said to me. Uh, all right, so I would say that that was pretty clearly, pretty successfully established. Yep. Oh, damn, we're getting close. This one's a nail biter. Yeah, well, Hook has been known to fail everything, though. <laughs> it is kind of the. The big one. That's why we make it the abrasive color. Yeah, it's weighted. It's definitely disproportionate. Yeah. Hook's a killer. Hook's a killer. All right, what's what your you hook? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I put Dharma is adorable, Greg is sweet, and the parents are absurd. What's not to love? 
I wrote Dharma is adorbs <laughs> with three capital Z's followed by three exclamation points with the three capital Z's underlined twice. I'm kidding. They were lowercase Z's. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't dot your eyes. <laughs> or, sorry, your heart your eyes. <laughs> I've never. My heart's always come out kind of crooked. Oh, I want to see. They just look like butts, but they look like <laughs> saggy, nasty butts. Yeah, I'm not good at them. <laughs> it's uh, the baboon and weasel. It's <laughs> <laughs> baboon's butt. <laughs> uh, but let's get real. Um, she is so stinking cute. She is. And so gall darned adorable. You really want to hang out with her. Yeah, absolutely. And not even in the, you know, she's a cute lady way. It's like she genuinely is just enjoyable to watch and she's hilarious and quirky, but like in all of the good ways. Well, she's got that. You know, that earthy girl energy that just has a zest for life. She's, um, what's the word? Uh, Happy go the lucky. Type. Yeah. What's that? Mindful. Uh, no. It's technically the I'll word. go with all that. Yeah, yeah, I accept all that. But the That's one I'm it. looking for is um, spontaneous. Oh, yeah, she is. Absolutely. Yeah, I forgot that a core uh, piece of the show or a core driver of the plot of any given episode is Dharma has some crazy spontaneous idea. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Remember when she buys a bus? No, I don't. What? Oh, my God. Okay, keep watching. Ah. <laughs> the episode she buys a bus, it's good shit. So let's put it this way. If we weren't, if we didn't have to work yeah. after watching this, and I had the, if I had this show on late at night and just wanted something to veg out to, it would still be playing right now. Mm -hmm. and it would probably just play into the next and play into the next yep. until I pass out and dream about Dharma. Well, quotes. Do you have any quotes? Outstanding quotes. Oh, none of them are particularly outstanding, but there's some of them I haven't <laughs> said yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me go through my list here. Come on, guy. Drive your coffee table to Idaho. I've got, hey, Gidget, shut up. I just thought Gidget was an interesting. And then the other one I've got that's not notable for any other reason than it's like nostalgic, Star 6-9. Oh, I'm Shout so glad you got Star that. Star 6-9. I forgot that. When he goes through all the reasons why it won't work, he'd call her and he'd call her too much. And then uh, so he would Star 60. Oh, he'd call and hang up. And then she would Star 69 and figure out it was him. And I thought, whoa, that's a thing I didn't even remember to forget. Oh my gosh! Yeah, no, it was it was weird stuff. Uh, you had to be careful with that star six nine. Star six seven is blocking your number though, so you know. damn. If you don't want to get star sixty nine, you star sixty seven that shit. <laughs> <laughs> do they both still exist, or do you need rabbit ears? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a landline, and I don't. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I've never tried. And people who still have a landline don't know what a podcast is, so. <laughs> so nobody to tell us. No, I'm sure that they just are uh, very easily persuaded when they called CenturyLink. They're like, do you want a bundle? Do you want a landline you'll never use except to tell telemarketers off? Well, here you go. Yeah, I got a story about that, but I used too many bad words in it. <laughs> yeah. That was outrageous. I was calling to cats. I was pissed. I was like, you guys have screwed up the billing for the last six months. I've been on the phone for three hours I've been needing to call you for two months, but I haven't had a day that I could just clear my schedule to call CenturyLink. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So here's where, here's where the nasty part was that I didn't want to tell. But they give me to the uh, 
I think he was in Argentina. And there's always this, before they'll let you get to the, because there's always somebody who takes the call and they're like, oh yeah, sweetie baby hunter child, we got you, sugar, we got you. Like, this is going to be taken care of, no problem. Yeah. Let me just get you to the next guy. I will get you to the loyalty department. They're the ones with all the magic codes to make everything happen that you need to happen. Yeah. But they don't want to rush you to loyalty because they know loyalty is just going to say, yeah, all right, we got it. Um, we'll take it. We'll just cancel the deal and make all the other fees go away. They don't let that just happen. So they make you go through the, the rat maze. <laughs> and when you end up in Argentina, there was like, it's their uh, call centers just feel like cage fights. And it's just <laughs> so loud in the background. And I'm talking to the guy, and he says, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't get your, um, I can't refund your money. Like, I can't do any of the stuff you're asking me to do. Yeah. But I could get you four new services for free for three months, and then only $65 a month after that. Huh? Huh? And I was so frustrated at this point. I said, that's like a hooker offering me a free blowjob when I already know she has an STD. <laughs> but is it the mouth kind or <laughs> sorry it doesn't matter um well i was actually picked a more specific std that i don't want to repeat but uh <laughs> uh that's when it was sir can you calm down please and i said send him into the fucking loyalty department <laughs> sorry it was supposed to be for the last hour that i've been talking to you <laughs> so now whenever anybody says anything on about like on Facebook, you see this a lot. Does anybody else have problems with CenturyLink? Or, oh, I just moved cable, Sparklight or CenturyLink. I like to say, um, at CenturyLink, and I always tag them, is the single worst company I've ever done business with, including Spreaker, <laughs> in any category whatsoever. And I would sooner pay five times more at Sparklight than ever do business with them again. I'm not going to give you a whole hand, but I'd probably sacrifice a pinky. My left one. <laughs> and I always tag them and say, I like to tag CenturyLink so they know how much everybody thinks they suck. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And they still owe me $300 in gift cards that they've never sent. You want the pain to go away? Give me my money. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> and after all that like three months later they sent me a yeah you still owe us 89 dollars i said well you owe me 300 motherfuckers <laughs> call it a wash so i called them and spent four hours on the phone politely trying to explain why Please, i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> <laughs> oh god has been awesome though you call those guys and they say mm, yeah what's the problem we're at when can we be there tomorrow you say, yeah, that'd be great. Cool. We'll be there one to three. And they show up early every time. It's amazing. Huh. Well, you know, Sparklet, if you'd like us to sponsor you on a more regular basis. <laughs> or yes. you'd like to sponsor us, rather. And we can plug you guys. Uh, you know, hit us up. This you whole podcast at. is made possible by Sparklight. <laughs> or could be. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is made possible by Sparklight because that's who we get our internet from. But I don't use the internet to record this podcast. Okay, fine. But the lights are on, aren't they? Sure. No, that's where we stream from. Look, here's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks to Sparklight, it's possible. Nobody's paying us to say that. Uh, but weirdly, we're paying them to say that. <laughs> Isn't that a problem that should be rectified? <laughs> yeah, perhaps so. 
All right, so my other quotes I've got. Um, I wanted to add on to your Greg's pants here um, because I really enjoyed that she followed that up with, he's not in them right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, that's the thing to say to his mom. Yep. He's in the shower. (laughs) Yep. Um, Let's see, what else did I have? Oh, um, when they were being kind of, uh, Dharma and Greg were talking about how impulsive they had just been. And, you know, he's like, oh, good. You want to have children. I can't remember what uh, brought so you want to have kids and yeah he goes <laughs> oh good you want to have children she goes well yeah unless you wanted to <laughs> i was like oh that's hilarious she would <laughs> yeah there's a part at the very end where she sees that he's at the apartment and he's sticking around and she runs and jumps on him and uh i don't know it's just this moment that as a dude with a crush on dharma just like you know every dude who's ever seen dharma and greg and probably most of the women did any of this record? All of it did. Sorry. I uh, had written down high colonics <laughs> because I didn't know what it was and I meant to research it before. And I was like, oh, we're getting to the end. I'm going to look. <laughs> Butt stuff, right? It is. Yeah. It was, sorry. So that's why I made the face that was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You you really pull a lot of faces when you look at the computer. And I'm always like, oh. <laughs> Before we start recording, it's like, ah, oh, I guess I must be really out of tune today. Ha ha. Me, 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 me. Yeah, no, I just, I'm very expressive and not in a helpful way. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, this has been an incredibly fun time. Uh, Look up High Colonics, guys. Little Chuck Lure vanity card for the road. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, here, trade me spots. Okay. <laughs> All right, Chuck Lore, the executive producer, showrunner. Primary writer? I don't know. We don't do creator, trivia here. Yeah. Certainly the creator, maybe. He is largely involved. <laughs> a guy. I'm pretty sure he's creator. The one person singularly responsible for all things Darman Greg, Chuck Lore Productions, after his diligent work on Roseanne, before his diligent work on The Big Bang Theory, of which he was also, you know, part of. <laughs> largely. <laughs> yeah. Would end all of his shows with uh, his vanity card. Uh, for Chuck Lorre Productions. Uh, and we're going to read it now because most of you who have always wanted to see these but watched the show live uh, didn't have time to read it all because it happened in about one second. And we're going to read it to you every week till the end of time because there's like 500 episodes. Oh, are we doing Dharma and Greg, <laughs> the series now? Is that we're just going to move away from pilots? And no, no, no. We're just going to we're just gonna have these like little commercials. These are just going to oh, be little good. vignettes that we could just bonus, bonus material. Bonus vignettes. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, Chuck Lorre Productions. All right. <laughs> Thank you for videotaping Dharma and Greg and freeze framing on my vanity card. I'd like to take this opportunity to share with you some of my personal beliefs. I believe that everyone thinks that they can write. This is not true. It is true, however, that everyone can direct. Them some fighting words. Uh. I believe that the laws of karma do not apply to show business, where good things happen to bad people on a fairly regular basis. I believe that what doesn't kill us makes us bitter. I believe that the obsessive worship of movie, TV, and sports figures is less likely to produce spiritual gain than praying to Thor. I believe that Larry was a vastly underrated stooge, without whom Moe and Curly could not conform to the comedy law of three. Thanks, Lee. I believe my kids are secretly proud of me. I believe that if you can't find anything nice to say about people whom... Oops, sorry. I, <laughs> I, 
I believe my kids are secretly proud of me. I believe that if you can't find anything nice to say about people whom you've helped to make wildly successful and then they stabbed you in the back, then don't say anything at all. I think that one's about Roseanne. I, be- <laughs> I believe I have a great dog. Maybe the greatest dog in the whole wide world. Yes, he is. I believe that beer is a gateway drug that leads inevitably to vodka and somebody ought to do something about it. I believe that when ABC reads this, I'm going to be in big trouble. I believe that Tina Turner's River Deep Mountain High is the greatest rock song ever recorded. Once again, thanks for watching Dharma and Greg. Please be sure to tune in again to this vanity card for more of my personal beliefs. And with that, I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. Oh, 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 oh,